Louder with Crowder Studios is protected exclusively by Walther and Hopper. Hey there, dear listener. There's some sketches, some bits that may not make sense that you're listening to, so you might want to go over to YouTube or uh, if you're a Mug Club member, CRTV.com and watch it. Uh, I do want to thank our, our sponsor, our main studio sponsor here, Walther Firearms, uh, this week particularly. They've stood behind us, and of course we're standing behind them. You can go to WalterArms.com. Their new firearm is the Walther PPQ Subcompact. I've talked about this. Their PPS is their little thin one that a lot of people carry. Their PPQ is a home defense gun. The PPQ Subcompact splits the difference. It's a jack-of-all-trades. You can carry it it's a double stack you can have a magazine in there that's 15 plus one it is an amazing firearm from an amazing company with some some brass balls so uh we don't endorse anything that we don't personally use just go to a uh, go to a local gun range or a dealer and just just ask to try the walther enjoy the show All you had to worry about were white guy gangs with short blades. Go Great ladies. show tonight. Huge show. Unbelievable show. We have Nigel Farage. Of course, the pimp. Man. The pimp from uh, from the UK. The Westminster Huge. pimp. Big daddy. And then we have uh, Stefan Molyneux on, who's, uh, I guess, the pimp of YouTube. I'm not entirely sure. Of Freedom Canada. Radio. Maybe, maybe Canadian. Think we have Owen Benjamin, a little ditty from Owen Benjamin. And uh, we, have some, uh, we have some new information to get to. Big show. New and from really big show. Producing with me in video studio, as always, is Jared, who is not gay. Follow him on Twitter at not gay. Jared, me at S. Crowder with your comments, your thoughts, your photoshops. We don't love them, but we'll allow them. I fulfill my legal obligations. Jarring conclusions. Are we good? Jar Jar Bings is us his lord. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> at G Morgan Jr., simplifiedwine.com, delivered straight to your door. What's the wine of the day? Wine of the day is Bella Glos, Las Alturas. Bella Glos? Bella Glos. I'm pretty sure you pronounced that incorrectly. Then again, what Bella would Glos. I expect? Sven Computer, ready for overlays? Good evening. Ready as always. He doesn't seem ready at all. No. It no. almost seems as though he is ill-prepared. Almost like we just booted him up. And we'll be talking uh, today, of course, quite a bit about the CNN scripting oh, of the yeah. town halls. I, and I know what you're friends. thinking. I know what you're thinking. Illuminati crisis actors. No, that's not the direction we're going. <laughs> what are you doing? There you go. <laughs> right away. Dead, dead, dead. Quiet. Mess, I mean, he's not, get, get, he, did you see this earlier? Not get you to put his computer he did. in the corner. Living right the there edge. next to water. Okay. For no, why would you take I, that risk? I live on the edge. Yes, but it's, yes. it's not even like a fun edge. It's the edge. physical edge. It's, it's the literal <laughs> physical edge. I have watched him wet himself at the sight of a Honda Cub. <laughs> but then he will take a needless risk. It doesn't even add. There's no reward. I don't even understand this. I don't know. All right. Speaking of reward, Falcon 9, SpaceX's latest expedition, finally launched today, and feminists are mad. <laughs> <laughs> like this headline from NBC, the patriarchal race to colonize Mars is another example of male entitlement. They write, and I quote, it is the same instinctual and cultural force that teaches men that everything and everyone in their line of vision is theirs for the taking. You know, just like walking up to a woman and grabbing her by the pussy. <laughs> Wow. I love how this this isn't just proof that yesterday's Salon and Slate is today's NBC. I know, it's NBC. <laughs> NBC. I mean, well, what point do you say, ah, maybe it's not fringe. It's NBC. Front page. Headline. Look, as much crap as we gave him, Elon Musk just put a rocket in space, okay? Yeah. You just mash your fat feminist paw on a keyboard and hit autocorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Siri! Did you mean to say patriarchy? Hell yeah! <laughs> Oh, yeah, I did. Put it in a ah, White penis. Gosh, 
It is yeah, just you can't do anything. No, anymore. you can't do anything. Now, in, in her defense, <laughs> Elon Musk might have been pushing this one a little bit. It does seem like uh, he's trying to instigate. Oh, oh gosh, that's, that's our president. It's almost like we should have blurred that. And it only cost you four hundred billion dollars. Oh, so, gee, good. Yeah, worth it. <laughs> just, just grab that solar system. When, when you say, "When will feminists be mad about everything?" Oh, now. Yesterday. No. <laughs> Can you imagine landing on the moon with feminists today back then? Oh yeah. <laughs> Look uh, at those giant penises going into yeah, That's one small step for man, and one giant. <laughs> <laughs> we we say people kind, not. A me. lawyer in Dortmund is now pressing charges over repeat. This comes to us from Sven Computer from uh, German. What's, how do you pronounce this, Sven, Sven Computer? Dortmund. No, no. The, 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 Deutsche Welle? Deutsche Welle. Okay, yes. from Deutsche Welle. Thank you. You are dismissed. A lawyer in Dortmund is now pressing... They're pressing charges over being repeatedly sent prank pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> so far in Dortmund, Grohl has received more than 100 unwanted pizzas <laughs> from different suppliers... You know, Michael Moore has wet dreams about that problem. <laughs> but you know what? It, they, the movie rights have already been secured because he's taking the law into his own hands. Ah. The court will wait for an answer. If Lieutenant Kendrick didn't place an order for two meat lovers sent to my house, then why did his number show up in the call log? It's for you. No. No, I didn't order a large Hawaiian. No, I have requested to be removed from this delivery. Please do your research when I have requested you to do your research. Colonel, Lieutenant Kendrick ordered the Mountain Dew Code Red, didn't he? Because that's what you told him Objection. to do. And when the pizza got old, you shorted Sam and Jimmy John's. You phoned your zip code. Honor, you added the spread alfalfa. You ordered Honor, the cookie condo. Colonel Jessup, did you order the sandwiches? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I feel I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. It's a sad statement in our legal yeah. system. <laughs> I hope he finds what he's looking for. An angry cow beat up a British tourist yesterday. So that's time. fun. <laughs> Comes out uh. from Daily Mail. A tourist was left bloodied and bruised. Is an actual article <laughs> by a ferocious cow. She became angry after this lady sang it a Black Eyed Peas song. Oh. <laughs> Amused by how large the creature was, she jokingly began singing the popular song, popular, My Humps. My Humps. The Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> now the cow, and I quote, unamused by her rapping, <laughs> suddenly charged at her with its horns. <laughs> Most saddened by the story, but still thrilled that their name is finally back in the news, the Black Eyed Peas. They were... <laughs> By the way, this cow is awesome. I'm now a vegan. I know. <laughs> That's what took it. That took it right there. Can you imagine if Fergie yourself sang uh, sing the song? She'd be dead. She'd be dead. Bitch <laughs> would be dead. I'm trying to be sexy to the cow. What's, what's going on here? here? There's nothing sexy hero. about this. There's nothing good about this, no. Fergie. Gosh, I don't my know. Humps. It does make you, the Black Eyed Peas, it's kind of like, I remember when the first Star Wars came out, episode one. Everyone yeah. now loves to act as they hated it. Yeah. Back then, people loved it. I yeah. hated it. I always hated the Black Eyed Peas. I've never. I, I, I feel vindicated. Yeah. Did you see them? Was it was Super Bowl they were at a couple years ago? It was just oh, yeah. the worst thing I've More ever seen in my. It feels like yesterday. It's still the wound just so fresh. <laughs> Even Lady Gaga was when she did the Spider Man. Remember yeah. descending? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. She did it. She put on actually a pretty good show. You could just tell she hadn't balanced it. For, someone hadn't calibrated <laughs> yeah. it. She put on a few pounds. <laughs> I was born this way. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna die this way. A carjacker. 
Carjacker story. These are always fun carjackers. Yeah. By the way, I'm from Detroit. We invented carjacking. You're yep. welcome. That's our gift to the world. <laughs> Made his victim drive to Wendy's on the way to a drug deal. This came from fun. We're going to get to That's, CNN and their fake yeah. news. <laughs> Brett Angle was charged with felony aggravated robbery and abduction for carjacking one with a box cutter. Seems self-explanatory. He then forced her to go to an ATM to take out $200. Police then say that the suspect had the woman drive to a nearby Wendy's and forced her to buy him something to eat. Didn't go Dutch. No splitsies. <laughs> then the 84-year-old brought him to a gas station before finally driving him to a White Castle where he appeared to be conducting a drug deal. <laughs> so most upset by the ordeal is White Castle for finding out that they're not serving food fit for drug dealers. <laughs> It's so disappointing for them. I can, I can attest to it's this. so insulting. <laughs> he added 10 years to his sentence to avoid White Castle. <laughs> Smart fellow. And it wasn't like that much of an upgrade. It wasn't like, no, no, we're going to Houston's. It was Wendy's. <laughs> There's that much of a discrepancy. Not, not that much of a, this is a guy who's going to prison because he, he didn't know what Uber was. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't say to them, oh, so much goodness. trouble. Take different Ubers. Go UberX. Do the carpool. They can't track you. Nope. Look, he's smarter than us. We stopped at White We Castle did when we were driving trip. from that Michigan to Texas. Really and not fun. Very odorous, but a very distinct <laughs> odor. Tweet me at yes. Escrider if you notice this. I was talking about this. Everyone else was like, no, no. White Castle, it leaves a distinct yes. uh, afterburn. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and I don't just mean like, oh, like yeah. you ate a bunch of greasy food. There's something very peculiar about White Castle and what it does to the it human blasted. condition. You're saying this guy was like, I ain't going there. I didn't, my poop smell like hamster cages. <laughs> <laughs> ain't no way. We my left and came back so that they could turn on the fryers. Oh, that's right. We, gave we waited. We had 10 we minutes waited to make for our 10 minutes at White Castle. <laughs> Gosh. We had opportunities everywhere. Really bad decisions. <laughs> if that were on our record, there's no way we'd be buying a gun. A doctor who denied sex abuse. Well, this do doctor has denied sex abuse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this comes from, I think, Canada by saying his belly was too big. And he lost his license subsequently. Apparently, the excuse didn't necessarily work. So Ontario's medical regulator, they've revoked the lessons of a very dermatologist who argued that there was no way he had complaints that he could have possibly rubbed his penis against his female patients, <laughs> particularly their, their breastal area, and because of his large Brestle? belly. <laughs> I'm trying to be clean here, but this is the actual story. <laughs> So his argument was that he couldn't. I couldn't have done it because I'm uh, because I haven't done push-ups. And the panel actually was unable to conclude, after expert examination, mind you, whether his penal area had actually <laughs> made contact with patients. So it was inconclusive because if the gut don't fit, probably didn't touch your tit. That's what they're saying. <laughs> Another guilty man gets off. <laughs> Can you believe that? Can you believe, imagine that that's your argument. I mean, you just have to have given up on life. Yeah. It's like you're cornered. And you're just like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. No, I couldn't have committed sexual harassment. Really? Why is that? Because I'm disgustingly, <laughs> morbidly obese. Have you seen me? I have erectile dysfunction. I'm unattractive. <laughs> and my belly gets in the way. I, and I would be like to be free to go, Your Honor. I haven't seen my penis in years. There's no way I could have done it. No way. There's no way. Imagine him trying to just to prove that, just like those uh, those, those those poor infomercials. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, it's a, like like a remote. Like I just I can't even. I, 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 Your Honor, there's got got to be a better. Tired of old cell phones you yeah. can't use. There's got to be a better way to commit sexual assault. <laughs> With technology today, got to be a way. Yeah, I don't know what it there is. Phone and technology. This is a great intro to Nigel Farage. Yeah. Uh, so here's the one thing we're going to talk about CNN. Uh, this is in the news. Obviously, CPAC is going up. By the way, no, we're not coming to your CPAC party. Uh, everyone's been asking. We're not Aww, there. No. And uh, a lot of people, we, I know. Be, 
We're hanging out here, and we have our own lanyards. Yes, exactly. We have our own lanyards. We have the VIP plus 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 pass. Ooh. What does that mean? Free clean canteen. Hmm. So uh, F Florida, obviously, and I don't even want to name the the, the shooter. Um, there was a you've seen the kids who have been trotted out. Yeah, seventeen kids have been trotted out. Now one kid came out who was supposed to speak at the town hall and he said that CNN rejected his town hall question on armed guards and that it ended up being scripted that's what the kid said so the message is you know well someone please, please listen to the children give why don't the children have a voice Sh shut that little bitch up please <laughs> not that one not that one not that one CNN went as far as calling the kid a liar on Twitter, they wow. wrote, there is absolutely no truth to this. CNN did not provide script questions for anyone in last night's town hall, nor have we ever. Okay, oh, 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 hey, oh, CNN. Oh, no. <laughs> if you would have said last night's town hall, the kid might have been in a pickle because maybe he didn't save your Google Doc, right? Maybe he didn't save the question that you sent him and you could wiggle out of it. But when you say, nor have we ever. Be yourself a, a little bit of a backdoor. I mean, it's like yeah. the first thing you learn in political science is just don't speak in absolutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you don't, but you don't need a conspiracy for this, by the way. Okay, oh, no. CNN has a long history of scripting, and that's why they've been catching flack for it. Don Lemon's all torn up about it. I need a little bit more balance in work life. I, I'm a bad, I'm a bad person today. <laughs> Don Lemon is now an actual lemon. That's what happens. Just a bitter little fruit. Drunk on air. <laughs> He's looking old. Don Lemon, he really does look like dead Johnny Mathis. <laughs> He's 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 just decayed really fast. I don't. Know. He's got those Don Lemon in every aids. way. Um, that one, that one will be seen in the Twitter section. So here's, here's yeah. CNN. They have a hit and let's not, I don't want to get into the whole crisis actor thing because that's a conspiracy right. that you don't, you don't need a conspiracy theory that you can't prove verifiably beyond all shadow of a doubt when you have the truth. The truth should be enough. CNN has a long history with this. Donna Brazil, right? She shared, they shared debate questions yeah. with Hillary Clinton campaign while working at CNN. We know that. Michelle Malkin revealed uh, a long time ago, she talked about the systemic problem, I think, with the CNN town halls, having Democratic operatives and activist plants as undecided voters. Um, I mean, it's, it's not really all that uh, out of the realm of possibility when you consider we did the Antifa thing and the media just yeah. didn't want to pick up on it at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, this is the lies by omission. Right, exactly. Yeah, and you had guys like Chris Como. I think uh, I think Sven Computer has that over Oh, yeah, do you have that? He... Do you have that, uh, Sven yeah, Computer? So, so this was... Of course we have it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, Chris Cuomo, yeah. yeah, the Chris he, Cuomo, the CNN tool boy in chief. Except no Nobody, the, the kid said, I actually went in, didn't actually buy the gun, and walked out without filling any paperwork out. But that's what he retweets, and then he doesn't go back and correct the right. story. He's Turns like, out the kid like, walked in, looked at it, and said, oh, yeah, yeah with an expired out. license. And he's like, that's, I got it. Look at the rate of fire. Yeah. <laughs> also, Just my biceps. <laughs> I was like, gosh, this is the kind of story that sways opinion, though. Yeah, no, exactly. And Cuomo knows. Well, and, and so that's pushing the thing. agenda. There's scripting that has been going on for a long time, and then there are lies by omission that they don't, they don't even realize their inherent biases. We've talked about that with, with, with what occurs on campus. I think some of it comes out of malice, and I think some of it comes out of they just don't even know. I think maybe this person who issued the CNN statement didn't know about the Donna Brazil thing, didn't know about Candy, uh, Candy Crowley and what happened with Mitt Romney. Maybe this person didn't know. Maybe it was the same person who was bitching that Elon Musk sent a penis rocket ship in the sky. I have no idea. Media, there's, you want to know why there is no trust in American institutions? Which ones you're asking? All of them yeah. now? It's because of things like this. We have never, ever, 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 ever provided any scripted questions. Except <laughs> if you were to ask me, if you were to say, hey, Steven scripted an interview with, with Nigel Farage, I would say, no, 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 listen, of course not. Now, let me show you. I have a list of questions where I ask Nigel Farage what he's doing at CPAC, and later on I'll be asking him those questions. Here they are. And then we go off book. I just have a... I, I would tell you that. That's what happens. But I would not say, no, 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 we've never, ever, ever, ever written down any questions at all. No, it's just not true. <laughs> it's such a lie. And the difference is CNN is having 
the people, the guests asking the questions scripted. Yeah. A host should be prepared, right, Chris Cuomo? Um, so they trot out the kids, and this is a conversation. Someone corrected me on Twitter today, and 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 they were right. I said, you know, listen, of course, everyone has the right to be heard, and kids shouldn't be in charge of making policy decisions. Both can be should true. Should be simple. Yeah. But they said, you know what? No, not everyone has the right to be heard. I can't remember who said this on Twitter. You can tweet me again at S. Crowder. I'll try and retweet you because it was it was insightful. They said, no, you have the right to speak. You don't have the right to be heard. You mm. can't force somebody to True. listen. So really, they have the right to speak, and a complicit media ensures that everyone is force-fed what they're talking about, yeah. these kids. Now, I don't hate these kids. I think I think one of them, for sure, the one, is definitely a political opportunist. He was tweeting from the school, or sorry, doing the, the Instagram video. That's why I just don't like using kids as gimmicks. They do that at CPAC, yeah. too. They oh, just bring, yeah. I don't like kids being involved in politics. We just try and avoid it on this show. So Seth MacFarlane, though, tweeted this out. This is the narrative, just like Christopher Titus when he was on the show. Don't you care about kids? Seth MacFarlane tweeted, the American right is terrified of the students of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High, the students who rapidly turned themselves into activists after 17 of their fellow student and teachers were murdered have become the most visible face of this new phase of gun debate and the conservatives are livid. Okay, so we're afraid of kids? That's not, it used to be you don't care about kids, now we're afraid of kids. How many kids have they trotted out? How many kids were at the town hall? A anywhere from 15 to 20? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's, let's say yeah. 30 tops. What about the other, all students at the high school who haven't been on the news? What about the kids who've actively come out and said, hey, you know what, I'd like to talk about it. I actually disagree with what some of these kids are saying. I actually think that this is something that could have been avoided. I think there's some policies that could be changed. For example, putting this in the, in the database nationally, the next background check, this mm. guy had 39 calls to the house, I think shot a chicken with his gun. There wow. have been other kids, no, 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 not so fast, right? Kids with opinions they agree with, trot them on out. Steve, okay, you tell me this. What, what were you going to say? Oh, at some point, there had to be a, a grooming process for that of, of course. Yeah. coming through who has the political viewpoint that they want to push exactly. forward. Exactly. At some point, that had to occur. That is the truth. Now, the lie that people run with, unfortunately, the crisis actors go, this kid is paid. Yeah, just put him in a school for years to lay low until there's a shooting. No, what happened mm -hmm. is the kid decided he can get on TV. Kids get attention just like a kid who gets a laugh. And so he keeps repeating the stupid joke because he keeps getting attention. That's what happens with these kids. And then they stutter over their lines and they get some scripted dialogue that happens in a lot of these interviews especially with inarticulate kids who don't understand the second amendment but it's just funny to, you, you tell me this okay kids with opinions on gun control some of whom weren't even in the same wing of the high school they're more relevant than Stephen Williford who killed the active shooter who shot him with his own AR-15 no one wanted to interview Stephen Williford remember that yeah but there was opinion no in the one trash. we had him on the show we had an exclusive because no one was calling so you bring up the girl with the buzz cut. You bring up the girl who looks like the Minority Report Oracle to yell at Dana Lash in a CNN town hall. Don't hate the girl. I'm just describing what happens. Why is her opinion no. more relevant than Stephen Wilford? And by the way, why are we... You don't allow emotive, re reactive adults to determine policy, certainly not as it relates to human rights. Why would you let a child? Hmm. It's one thing that always struck me funny was that the leftists, they want to trot children out there because they, they, it's this idea that you you can't say no to kids, right? right. Like it's like, yeah. it's like you know a little little kid with little puppy eyes. It's like you, you can't say no to the kids, right? But it, they don't realize that this whole rest of America is like no. Actually, I think I think what the problem is we need to say no to kids more often. Yeah, say no all the time. Uh, yeah, no all the time. A uh, little six year old wants a penis. No, no, no. no little Sally. I, think, um, no. I want puberty blockers. Oh, would you deny her that? Yes, I would. Yes, <laughs> but she also wants to deny you your fundamental right to self protection, in the Second Amendment. Would you deny her want? Yes, I would. Why do you hate Jill? I don't hate her. I think she's wrong. 
Also, that one's kind of stupid. <laughs> Doesn't mean I hate kids. Some kids are wrong. Some kids are right. What bothers me is when the left decides that the only kids who deserve a voice are those who agree with them. Right. I do not believe for a second that there is not a single person who would go out there who would counter the narrative that these children. I mean, this happened after this happened after uh, uh, 9/11. This happened after yeah. it happens after every shooting. Yeah. And here's the thing. I mean, do we have that uh, overlay Sven computer from the Young Turks? Oh, Jesus! Yes, yeah, right up. This is when they look at this. Do you support a federal ban on assault weapons? Eighty-five <laughs> percent no on the Young Turks. To be fair, I think they were probably infiltrated somewhere. I think they were very. <laughs> but it is the single losingest issue: gun control, particularly with young, even young liberals. That's the one issue where they'll break ranks right now. Yeah. They are actually very, probably the most pro-firearm, pro-Second Amendment generation to have come along in a long time. This is removed from Michael Moore's Bowling for Columbine. This is removed from the Assault yeah. Weapons Ban Act. They realized how silly it was yeah. because now they've been educated. And you, you realize how far away they get from like the, uh, arguments that would really actually persuade people. Cenk is just basically thrown out his tweet just liberal buzzwords of you blamed – he said uh, the person at CPAC blamed everyone but the guns. It's like, uh, uh, of course. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Because the guns are the only American inanimate families. object in this equation. <laughs> like, should we have been blaming, like, Haitian families or, like, maybe it's some, some yeah. I, I don't know, per Peruvian families? He said American families. Like, of oh, course. American families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, you know, it's, it, throw these out there. They're so out of touch. Were you going to say something there, Gerald? Yeah, I, it, it just fit. I hate when the left throws kids into the narrative. Remember when PPAC, they were holding up the signs? Did you when, say PPAC? Did I say that? Did I say that wrong? You just said Planned Parenthood is what I meant. Sorry. Okay, yeah. uh, remember when they did that? They were holding up the signs about abortions, and it's like a little five-year-old on the side of the road. Yeah, I'm exactly. like, why do you? Why does the left always co-opt children in emotional situations? Right. To try to make a point every single time. It it, it is an emotional. I had someone say, I think it was recently, say like, well, so you think that your right to own a to own an assault weapon is more important than a woman's right to control her own body? Okay, hold on a second. Let. I can do this too. Yes, I believe that my right and my wife's right to protect her life and to protect the life and limb of her family is more important than the right of a woman to kill a baby. Oh. Oh. Shocker. We can play that game. Stop the press. <laughs> the difference is we don't trot out kids to make the arguments because we know that kids don't fully understand where rights come from. Kids don't fully understand what the Constitution is. Kids, ki kids don't fully understand anything at this point. It doesn't mean that you hate children if you think they're wrong or you don't want to listen to them or you don't want them to determine policy. You let us know, though, in the comment section what you think about this. Do you think that it's politicization or do you think it's just giving kids a platform and letting them vent? Is this healthy? Is it healing? I will say this. This is the reason they are jumping on it right now. It is such an unpopular issue. Gun control, certainly as proposed by the left. By the way, it's not about bump stocks. It's not about AR-15s. Look at their proposal. Look at Heller versus D.C. It is about the fundamental right to own a firearm, period. Look at the legally dissenting opinion saying you don't have a right to own a gun. Those were the arguments. It wasn't had nothing to do with semi-automatic or rate of fire. It had to do with the fundamental right. Do you, according to the Second Amendment, have the right to own a firearm? That's what it's about. That's what the policy is about. I don't think 12-year-olds should be determining what that looks like in the future. But we do have to get going because a very important man, Nigel Farage, coming up. And then Stephen Molyneux. Welcome to Wild at Large on the Nature Network, narrated by Jasper Prunk. Oh, the antelope. Elegantly roaming the African savanna, capable of formidable speed and unparalleled agility, the antelope finds itself in a never-ending game of cat and mouse, with predators determined to supersede their abilities, while the antelope attempts to outsmart its predators. 
We see here the dance of death that consumes the antelope's life as it tries to evade. Cats of prey. Sometimes the antelope is successful with the sweet taste of victory, merely being the ability to live another day. Sometimes its predator finds itself with the upper hand. As you see, oh boy, dragging that antelope down. Just taking it into the dirt. That is just, that is just heart-wrenching to watch. Damn it, Jasper, those aren't the lines. Oh, I know, I'm just saying, that's just a perfect metaphor for life, isn't it? Sometimes your opponent just drags you down, and even if you win, your best case scenario is getting to breathe air for another day and pay alimony for a lady who's living in a house that you paid for with some man who she refuses to marry, so you still have to pay her damn child support. Damn it, Jasper, I get it. Just do the lines. No, you don't get it, because I've been the antelope my whole damn life. And all three wives were cats of prey. I'm going to leave this studio, walk out, just so one more line can drag me on down into the dirt. And you know what? I come in here, this is my one escape, and you tell me what I can and can't say. I'm sick of it. I am plain old sick of it. I'm a sick little antelope. Stay tuned for more Wild at Large on the Nature Network. Narrated by Jasper Prompt. Louder with Crowder Studios is protected exclusively by Walther and Hopper. Today I didn't even have to use my AK. I gotta say it was a good day. All right, our next guest. This is a man. We love him on the show. He's one of our favorite guests. He put he, When he was there, he put the PIMP back in conservative parliament love him i wish we had him when we, i was in, in canada parliamentary system uh mr nigel farage thank you for being with us sir thank you good to be here again yeah well yeah you sound so enthusiastic remember off area i said can you hear me mr farage he said yeah <laughs> i was drinking my water you know uh, forgive me right. i don't envy you at all at cpac i'm sure everyone wants your time you're like the only guy there who could probably throw a good party is there an after party with nigel farage somewhere going on Oh, you bet your life there is. In fact, to be honest with you, the last 25 years of my life's been a party because whilst I've, because, you know, whilst I've been serious about my politics and taking on the establishment and wanting, to ha and wanting there to be change, yeah. do you know something? If it's not fun doing it, it's not worth doing. That's a good point. I do love that life philosophy. So let's ask, the, the, what kind of fun are you having at CPAC? What are you doing there? What's Nigel Farage bringing as a message? Well, the real message I'm bringing is please, please, America, do not judge my country and my people by the mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, and by Jeremy Corbyn, the Marxist leader of the Labour Party, because what we've got here, we've got the left in Britain being constantly abusive about Trump, about America, saying that if the president comes to visit our country, they'll organise mass protests. And actually, that is not the view of most British people. Uh, you know, President Trump's popularity. His ratings are going up in the UK and indeed around the world. And he's been to Paris. He's been to Brussels. He's been to Rome. He's been all over the world. And particularly given that America is the biggest investor in the UK, the UK is the biggest investor in America, not to mention the fact that President Trump's mother was Scottish. We want Trump to come to the UK and let's sit down and start talking about trade 
as soon as we possibly can. That explains that we went to Ireland. We broadcast from Ireland. The dr there was a drunken Scotsman there drinking Budweiser who will hit the censor button, but he came in. We were talking with these Irish people at the time who did not say they said they didn't like Trump, but they agree with his policies. This one guy came in. He was Scottish. He said, I love Trump. We said, really, will you come over? Because he's a f man. He was half <laughs> It was the one Scotsman in the bar. <laughs> and everyone on the live stream at Skyrocket said, I so want awesome. that guy at I our party. Guy at every party. Yeah, it was <laughs> all the parties. What would you say would be, uh, like, I, it can't be reflected in statistics because every Brit I talk with, they go, yeah, listen, I mean, Trump, he says some stuff, and I wish he stopped tweeting, but we wish we had someone like him here. We're really not that anti-Trump. It's not reflected in statistics, though, because people often, when polled, say, no, 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 I'm not on board with President Donald Trump. Would you say it's a plurality of people in the UK? Would you say it's 50-50? Oh, look, you know, for many, many times over the last 13 months or so, um, I've wondered whether I was the only President Trump supporter in the entire United Kingdom. Right. Because, because even the Conservative Party, the so-called Conservative Party in Britain, uh, you know, never have a nice word to say about him. But what I've noticed, what I've noticed over the course of the last few months, and particularly with Trump's overseas trips and overseas speeches, you know, take Davos just a few weeks ago, right. is I think, I think what people are saying is, look, for the British, they find Trump a bit brash. They find him a bit kind of loud, a bit out there, a bit, if I dare say it, New York. You yes, know, that's, yes. I mean, you know, that's who he is. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a kind of a style of politics that we're not really used to. But what I'm now getting from people in the UK is they're beginning to say, do you know what? We're beginning to understand it. We're right. beginning to get it. Here we've got a president who is pro-business. Here we've got a president who is deregulating. Here we've got a president who's put through some massive tax cuts. And here we've got a president that spreads optimism. Compare that right. to the leader of Germany, Angela Merkel. I mean, if you're feeling down, just watch Merkel on television. In You'll what feel world like is Merkel considered you know, conservative? Maybe you can set us straight on Europe. How, how does that pass through the filter, Merkel conservative? <laughs> well, I, mean, I think the truth of it is that most conservative parties in Europe have completely surrendered over the last quarter of a century. Right. They become, they've become center parties, and the liberal parties and mild socialist parties have become hard left. Europe itself has shifted considerably to the left, um, and a lot of that to do with the influence and power of the European Union. And that's why what you've got is the fight back. And in many ways, Brexit was the first example you've seen of that fight back. Um, you know, that phenomenon crossed over here with Trump winning. And now what you've got, you've got the traditional mainstream parties uh, moving to the left and moving down in the opinion polls. And you've got new challenger parties, quite a lot on the center right, who right. are now gaining in ground. European politics is changing very quickly. And I can tell you this, that the revolt of 2016 is still rolling. Absolutely. And it's like, it's like in Canada, in Quebec, where I was from, we had liberal socialists and liberal socialist separatists. There were no conservatives. I mean, either way. But, you know, let me ask you, it's interesting that you bring that up because I don't know if you know this. I know you've gotten into it with him. Russell Brand is back to podcasting. Okay. I know you and him have butted heads a few times. And, um, oh, dear. Well, yeah. here's <laughs> yeah. because he always yeah, talks. Yeah, the sort of. That's the sort of modern-day Che Guevara, or whatever he is. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. You mean, they, you mean they find him in South America with a rifle that was never fired, saying, I'm worth more to you alive than dead, and you see his cowardice? Yeah. Here's the thing. I have to be careful, because I would, like him to be on, I would like him to be on the show. But he is a man, obviously, huge celebrity in the UK, then, then carried it stateside. And it's fascinating to me, on his YouTube channel right now, as he, where he does this show, no one watches it, except 
two episodes that included conservative guests. And this is something that I find interesting because I know he talked to you very disrespectfully about, you know, uh, your rhetoric. And he talks constantly. He was talking with Jordan Peterson about, you know, the mainstream media and the corporate elite. These are the people you can't make fun of, love. And I'm sitting there going, hold on a second. How many hundreds of millions of dollars were spent creating this brand that is Russell Brand from MTV, from Viacom, from Universal Studios? The media supported him, didn't support you. And he acts as though you were a part of the mainstream media establishment and he was rebelling against you. But now on equal footing, people don't watch him without the hundreds of millions. Have you seen that shift too, culturally? Yeah, oh, look, you know, um, one thing I've noticed in the European Parliament, that if the pro-EU politicians want to get lots of hits on YouTube, they've got to criticize and condemn me. And then they get loads and loads of hits. Exactly. Because people are bored with them and bored with what they have to say. And I think your analysis is quite right. Actually, with the agenda he's promoting, whatever Russell Brand says, he's actually campaigning for Goldman Sachs and for the big multinationals and for this undemocratic form of government based in Brussels that is called European Union. And a form of government that if Hillary Clinton had become your president, she wanted you to be part of as well. So thank God for what happened on November the 8th, 2016. Oh, absolutely. And thank God for paving the way with Brexit. If Hillary Clinton were president, Russell Brand would probably be on her advisory board. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, <that's the> <laughs> I agree. Kind of thing I agree. that keeps me up at night. But we do, we would love to have him on the show, Russell Brand. I know you are busy, Mr. Farage. You don't have anything specific to plug, so Nigel underscore Farage on Twitter. We love following you. We love what you've been doing. And uh, please stay safe and have fun partying at CPAC. Thanks for making the time, good sir. I sure will. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. God bless. We'll be back. Jeff Bollinick. The media says we gotta listen to the kids who are currently eating Tide Pods just for fun. Children don't know anything. Why would we listen to them about guns? If you have balls with no hair, I will not care. What you say to me Why are we listening to children? Are people crazy? The left thinks we should listen to the kids If it is important But the left always says you can kill them if their mom is pregnant not really feeling it if you've never worked a job or had a broken heart if you can't buy smokes at a quickie mart I will not listen to what you say to me why are we Are great but they don't know anything they're supposed to be protected by adults like us with things like guns have a great day this is the
the whitest dancing I've ever seen. Just the worst. Come on. We are Challenge the worst. Challenge accepted. We can go whiter. <laughs> he, uh, it's, it's like if Steve Jobs did a PBS special to teach kids about hip hop. Hey, kids! <laughs> hip-hop can be technologically advanced! Say no to drugs! Here's right. a YouTube track. <laughs> yes, hold on, let me... Yes, exactly. Oh, gosh, I forgot about the U2 tracks. I called, like, five so people bad. that day going, did someone hack my phone? Why do I have... I would never have U2 on my phone. I'm All right, you follow our next guest on the Twitter at Stefan Molyneux, youtube.com slash free domain radio. His new book, well, not new, theartoftheargument.com. Mm -hmm. We did a whole series, a couple of mock debates, so you can yep. go read that. Stefan Molyneux, how are you, sir? I'm very well. How are you doing, Steve? I am doing okay. Now, is this is this a, is that the Chinese collar there? You're looking, no, oh, okay, just all black, so I can't see the contrast. No, just straight up collar. I thought you were just doing this, starting to get into the Eastern mysticism or something. A little cultural that always happens when a professor comes in and they choose the Chinese collar. You're like, come no, on. I'm getting an F. You can get a Marxist boot print on your ideological forehead. That's why I assume that. <laughs> that is immediate. It's, it, what's Fucking funny is dress for a, a shot in his one of his documentaries is like oh here comes the mal yes exactly i had a professor that was actually oh, not a professor drama teacher in high school her name was mrs jandro she actually was a great drama teacher she knew a lot i learned a lot about sort of a, a controlling your body acting on stage combat but she one point when she was i don't remember what we were arguing about i think it was maybe native americans and i just said something and she said oh that's so right wing i was 12 and I went home and I said, Dad, what is this? She yelled at me that I was right wing. That's how I learned it. It was from my Asian, not my Asian collared drama teacher. Yeah, Mrs. cultural appropriation. Which segues nicely into our conversation, the civility of the left. At 12 years old, my drama teacher was berating me. How have you been this week, Stefan? Well, I have been enjoying watching your interactions with some lovely leftist open-minded people who love reason and evidence on campus. And this is the thing that to me is, I don't, I'm not left-wing, I'm not right-wing, but I do enjoy spending time with people who don't call me Satan for having different uh, perspectives, opinions, facts, reason, evidence, data. This to memos, me is one of the great challenges. <laughs> like it has become like the religious warfare that, that plagued Europe for a couple of hundred years. It's, it's where the difference of opinion is not a difference in interpretation, it's not a difference in source data, it's not a difference in reasoning, good or bad. It is good versus evil. To disagree with me is evil, and that is fundamentally a fragmented holy horror of Christendom when you had the, you know, Anabaptists warring with the Swingalians, warring with the, you know, other Protestants and, and the Calvinists and so on, and everybody was trying to kill each other for 300 years because to disagree was evil. And it's like, it's so weird to me that the largely secular and atheist left is manifesting some of the worst and most deplorable habits of extreme fundamentalist religiosity while all the time claiming to be rational and secular. First off, I appreciate you attempting to reappropriate the term deplorable. I, I see how you fit that in there. Secondly, if you don't want to be referred to as Satan, unfortunately, you have the gray patch that grows in this way. You're going to have to dye that. Thirdly, no, I think you are absolutely uh, correct. And, um, you know, it's it's it, here's something else. too. I'll talk about this later in the program. To disagree is evil, but acts of evil, as we just saw in Florida, blamed on inanimate objects. There is a fundamental incapability of accepting that evil exists and acknowledging it for what it is when it's clear, when we should all agree, hey, listen, someone mass murdering people, that is evil. No, 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 at that point, it's just, it's, it's maybe mental illness. It's about the gun laws. No, no, let's talk about it from evil first, and then let's move on. But when it comes to disagreeing, for example, male privilege is a myth, well, that's evil. And that's what I find so crazy about it. It would be one thing if they just refused to acknowledge the concept of good and evil all around, but they don't. 
oh man, these people use the dead more than uh, voodoo magicians. Because what they do is, if, if people had done their job, you know, do your damn job and we can have our freedoms, right? If the FBI had done their job after being repeatedly warned about this guy. I was just reading this morning that one of the families he was staying with told the cops, oh, this guy had guns to people's head if they had done the jobs. The police had been called 39 times to his house right. because of elder abuse or child abuse, because of like random horrible stuff that was going on. There was ample warning. There was, if, if those laws had been enforced, if, if shooting a gun in the neighborhood, blowing up chickens with his gun, if that law had been enforced, this guy would have been off the streets. Right. So the fact that the police doesn't do their job, that the police don't do their job, the fact that the FBI don't do their job, the fact that 16 child services was called and should have been doing their job, the fact that 16 different bureaucratic layers didn't do their job, well, that means you lose your fundamental rights to own a gun. Come on. If the government can't do its job, they will do a terrible job of restricting gun ownership anyway. So why should one series and layers of government incompetence lead to another stripping of rights? No, just have them do their jobs and we won't have these problems. Oh, sounds to me like Stefan Molyneux doesn't care about children. Doesn't care. That's what it sounds like to me. Sounds like Satan, dead. Mr. Satan. On your hands, Mr. Satan. Has blood in his wait, hands. Wait, wait. The mask slips. Yeah. Slips. That's, the mask slips. Of course. You it's just... all a front. For 51 years, it's been a front. Yes, it's going to exactly. slip. Lay low. Ah! Lay low for 51 years and then just come out of the woodwork. No, it, it, it really it's is. It's a long, bald con. Let me tell you that. Yes, right exactly. There. I will appreciate your commitment to character. Daniel Day-Lewis could learn a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is remarkable. Of course, I think you answered your own question. They don't want to acknowledge the fundamental incompetence of government. And, of course, they have a penchant for stripping people of actual fundamental human rights like that of self-preservation. Uh, and I will say this. Listen, you know, uh, people talk about disagreeing. I've disagreed with some people on the right in the sense that a lot of them go too far and say, well, oh, we have, it's a mental health issue. No, no. It's a violent past issue. It's a past of violent transgressions because we don't want the uh, the government to be able to say, well, you know what, you, uh, you took Xanax as a teenager. You can't purchase a firearm. Now, I know plenty of people who have mental health issues. And one thing, too, I don't want people out there to not pursue mental health assistance for fear of losing their rights. That's something that's lost. And I know the right is looking to counter the left, and so they sort of simplify it. Well, hold on a second. Let's look at this person. Like you said, 39 notifications, including violent actions. And by the way, this is all, this should all be on a background check just just got my new uh walther background yeah. check asked you any felonies any violent misdemeanors or domestic abuse it's just it just wasn't reported this is why i like trump he just sidesteps all of it just goes after bump stocks yeah <laughs> bump stocks right, because belt loops is too hard to say so yes. here's the funny thing too i don't like this mental illness stuff too because mental illness let's just say it's a little bit of a fluid term i mean how yes. many psychologists and psychiatrists out there who think that trump is mentally ill right and would love to take away his rights. Uh, how many boys stuck in terrible girl-centric schools with really biased anti-boy female teachers a lot of time, and that bias has been very clearly recorded. It's like, oh, you have mental illness. You must, you must now take amphetamines because you're not fitting into a terrible school that hates you for being male. And it's like, right. I don't know. I don't. It's such a slippery definition. What is mental health? I mean, under the Soviet Union, you were mentally ill if you didn't love communism. Uh, clearly, or you needed you to be, uh, have horse tranquilizers shoved up your nose because you weren't adapting to or an insane ass. environment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's way too slippery <laughs> a term.
Like, oh, having having trouble taking away people's rights? Well, we'll just slap an arbitrary label called mental illness on right. them, and next thing you know. Well, and the problem is the right concedes that ground because they want to stand uh, constitutionally in the Second Amendment, as they should. So they go, yeah, yeah, hold on, mental illness. And they go, no, hold on a second. We want people to be mentally healthy. We want people to get help if they need help, and we don't want them to be afraid to do that for fear of losing their rights. Like you said, I mean, I have family members who lost two parents very quickly, and someone prescribed them antidepressants. Now, that's a bad doctor. You know, it doesn't mean that this person is bipolar, certainly not with comorbidity. Does that prevent them from being able to ever defend themselves? This is something that a lot of people throw out and they try and act as though it's common ground, like, oh yeah, let's agree, mentally ill people. It, it, it's not okay to say hashtag not all Muslims, but then hashtag all mentally ill people. There's a big mm -hmm. spectrum, as it were, and also many people who claim to be on the spectrum who really aren't. Maybe that's a silver lining there. People will stop claiming to be on the spectrum, like, oh, I have Asperger's, well now you can't buy a gun. No, 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 wait, I'm just an asshole. I'm just an <laughs> I just cold hearted. Well, here's the thing, too. Everyone should understand this, that mental health is going to become the new Nazi. Because you, you know how that game worked over the last couple of years. You're, you hate Nazis. Yeah, yeah, Nazis are bad. Yeah, I hate Nazis, too. Nazis are the worst. Do you agree with me? Yeah, yeah, Nazis are the worst. Psych, you're a Nazi. We don't want that. So it's going to be like, yeah, mentally ill people shouldn't have guns. Okay, maybe I'll take that argument. That's fine, right? Oh, everyone on the right is mentally ill. No guns for like. You know how this definition works. They get you to agree with the worst thing around, and then they expand that definition to include everyone except themselves. That is an old con that's been going on since the French Revolution. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. It's been going, and when people say, "Oh, that doesn't happen," it can happen very, very quickly. And it's also why. I don't want President Trump or his administration to have the ability to determine that, just as I wouldn't want Barack Obama's administration. I want the guy in office who doesn't want the job, who wants to do as little as humanly possible. This knee-jerk reaction, and by the way, this is why this happens right in the States. I know up there in Canada, you guys don't have the rights of protecting yourself, unfortunately. You use a Lego gun and it instills fear in a criminal and all of a sudden you guys can be charged. Uh, gun ownership's pretty high in Canada, man. It's, uh, well, you, rifles. You maybe less than fully informed of that, but anyway, go on. No, well, not in Quebec, right? I was from. In Quebec, it was insanely difficult. We knew one person ever growing up who had a handgun, and it was like, oh my god, it's in the magical mystery class. Yeah, but but they speak French, so. This is true. This is true. Uh, French art, and we're still smarting over the French Revolution, so clearly it takes a little while to get over that jumpiness regarding all of that. That's true. And we can classify the French as mentally ill, certainly French Canadians on the spectrum. But uh, yeah, no, it, it is remarkable that this is, they, they jump. They pounce right now because it is a wildly unpopular issue. I don't know if you saw the Young Turks. I thought it was hysterical that they put out, do you support an assault weapons ban? And 83% of their audience said no. <laughs> um, it, this is their chance. They, they have to politicize it. And we were just talking about this earlier. Listen, Everyone has a right to speak. Doesn't necessarily mean you have a right to be heard by everybody, but uh, it also just shouldn't determine policy. I don't know how that's controversial. You don't care about kids? No, it's not that I don't care about kids. I don't trust them on a lot of things. Certainly not when it comes to determining my rights. Learn how to make chocolate milk yesterday. You think they're informing policy today? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Um, so Stefan, though, the question to you is, why don't you care about children? <laughs> well, this comes down to this question of root causes. And I always find that the left loves to play whack-a-mole with effects, which ends up with your rights being whacked away. Right. And they refuse to deal with root causes because a lot of times the root causes are people who vote for the left. So what are some of the root causes around uh, school shootings? Well, one thing that's in common um, of the entire list, I think it was 26 people that CNN put out of school shooters, all that only one of those 26 school shooters had been raised from birth by his biological father. Ooh. 
maybe we found something that might be a bit of a clue, which right. is fatherlessness. Maybe a lot of these kids, of course, are on these psychotropics, as SSRIs, these mind-altering substances, which have labels about how dangerous they can be in terms of suicidality, homicidality, uncontrollable rage, and so on. We've got uh, these kinds of issues. And we've got alienation within neighborhoods, neighborhoods fragmenting to some degree due to diversity, a loss of neighborhood trust, a loss of community trust. The schools are getting worse uh, and worse. And bullying is a big, huge problem in schools that administrators rarely ever deal with effectively. You've got families fragmenting uh, all over the place. You've got a sense of nihilism because p kids know how much they're being born into, like $100,000 worth of debt uh, just to be born, $1.7 million worth of unfunded liabilities. There's a lot of root causes and root problems to do with this, but the left doesn't want to deal with that right? because the left wants to fragment the family, so they don't ever want to point out to the negative effects of fragmenting the family. The left loves single moms because single moms vote for the left. They vote for big government because they're not out there in the marketplace for the most part. They're sucking up government goodies. Yeah. So the left doesn't want to alienate their base, but unfortunately, it's a lot of their base that's contributing to this stuff. So then they make it a right wing issue to take away guns because they don't want to deal with the root causes they've supported for the last 50 years. And I think, listen, we do have to get going here, but I think you boiled it down. That root cause, the main cause before anything else, like you said, aside from one is fatherlessness. And that's where you can get to correlation causation. People go, well, they're on these antidepressants. These yeah. Well, a lot of them are because they're mentally disturbed because they weren't raised with a father. So before you get to the down the trail, Boom. Like you said from birth, no dad. We've talked about that. It determines whether you're likely to graduate from high school, go to college, have a successful marriage, have successful relationships, have healthy relationships, go to college, end up in prison. All of these things is daddy in the home. Thank you, daddy, for coming by. That is Stefan Molyneux, theartoftheargument.com. We appreciate you, sir. But uh, again, if you don't want the Satan label, the, the beard. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. We'll leave that in the maybe. Amicable creature in the animal kingdom presents a clown-like appearance, but a much more complex interior. The penguin is an animal loved by all, but understood by few. Known by many for its tuxedo-like appearance, few people understand that the penguin is capable of traversing great lengths of territory in the most unforgiving conditions in order to protect its offspring. A flightless bird that travels in groups, many people are unaware that the emperor penguin mates for life. Oh, boy, someone tell them that one's a mistake. Damn it, Jasper. Well, you know it's true. Just through the lines. I'm just saying I wish I could scream through this monitor at that little penguin to tell him to run, to flap his little flightless wings for dear life. If he's mating for life, I tell you what, he's in for a rude awakening. Jasper, Jasper, just, just please, please, read the lines. I tell you, that sounds good to him right now because he's got that cute little number there hanging out on his wing. But what happens when he finds himself on the wrong side of 40, whatever that is in penguin years, and she trades him in for some younger, brighter, more capable young pecker? Can't say that, Jasper. Oh, stop. You're so uptight. I'm talking about birds. That's what the term was invented for, peckers for birds. Here's what I'm telling you. If that penguin knew what was good for him, he would run right now. He would run right now before that other little lady penguin starts hearing about alimony and child support when she goes to a bridge club with all the other little lady penguins. That's when it gets really ugly. Jasper, why are you making my life so hard? Y your life's hard? Do you know what I pay in alimony in a given month? No, no, Jasper. I mean, really? Do you, do you have any idea? Still no. Well, let's just say when those 20-year royalties kick in, I'll still be homeless, penniless, and toothless. Why would you be toothless? Because I'm even going to have to sell my fillings, damn it!
Stay tuned for more Wild at Law on the Nature Network. Narrated by Jasper Prox. I actually hold my breath. I don't know. Not healthy. I could just act the whole thing. Not healthy to do. It's funny, you know, yesterday's show, for those who aren't Mug Club members, we had a full show. Uh, of course, we do a full show every day, lighterwithcutter.com slash Mug Club. And uh, I, I was I was exhausted, even though I had slept more. Mm. Last night, two hours of sleep. Feel fine. Really? <laughs> Keep on mule. I don't know. I guess. Eyes go cross-eyed. You fall out of well. They go back. back. I don't know. I don't know. Um... Thank you so much to Stephen Mullen and, of course, Nigel Farage. Next week, we have, I know we have Jim Norton, Paul Joseph Watson, Chuck Woolery, David Barton, and, uh, oh, the lady, uh, uh, Maria Del Rosso, Ooh. who really disagreed with me, feminist who really did not like my change my mind. That's one thing that's pretty funny to me, the change my mind segment that we did. There were a bunch of articles out there, and we'll call everyone out by name soon enough, so that's okay. We'll invite them all on the show to come on one by one. They'll get 30 minutes each, but everyone wrote about the tweet, the yeah. picture, which became kind of a meme, and some of them were pretty funny, but they never showed the video. No. Steven did it. This man, Steven Crowder, who's a far right troll, decided to get people upset about on campus about male privilege, and he got his <laughs> dragged across the internet. Oh, is that what happened? Roll the tape. No. <laughs> <laughs> I decline. It's the same thing that happened with the pro gun one. We're going to do another oh, one yeah. of those, by the way. Remember, they were like, right, can you believe he just went and he just tried to get a rise out of students? Did you watch the hour video where we sat there and talked with students? I find that... So <laughs> I was busy. Isn't it ironic now where they go, it's time to have a conversation. That's all we do. Mm -hmm. All we do is have a conversation. Constantly. Constantly. An open invitation to most people. Of course, there are some exceptions. There's going to be one guy with an egg profile on his Twitter right now. Two followers of ask, you said you'd invite anyone. It's a picture of me. Picture <laughs> of me. In a wool blanket. You, you don't want to find me. You don't yeah. want to find me. But uh, we've been having a conversation this whole time, but like it's novel to the left right now. Well, they hate it. They, I it's, mean, that's why they, they tried to shut it down so fast. Maybe there were their little feminist gender studies professors creating a safe space. That was so, yeah, that's another thing. From your words. They talk about male privilege. Articles out there saying, hey, this is an example of male privilege that Stephen Crowder is able to set up a tent on campus. Really? Really? It's male privilege that we had to secure a permit, set up a table ourselves, get assaulted sometimes, and often get kicked off despite getting the proper paperwork anyway? That's male privilege? All right, I think you've you've conceded some some ground Our male here. privilege sucks. Um, so we have a lot going on next week. I think one thing that's really lost, and I was you know up last night, it was a big reason I couldn't sleep. We talked about this last week, where you line up on rights. But I think something that we were just touching this with Stefan Molyneux, something lost in all of this, this the new dialogue, having a conversation, as you see with CNN in the town hall, and everyone talking about gun control and mental illness, and and maybe it's the medication, and we're losing sight of something fundamental, and, and that's creating this moral equivalency uh, of, of violence. It really doesn't make, it, violence, they're, they're, they are not morally equivalent. What Stephen Williford did with his AR-15, there is no moral equivalence to what this horrible person who we won't even name on the show did in Florida. That's not something you hear people talking about a lot. 
When you just blame the inanimate object, when you blame the pill, not only do you lose sight of what evil is, but you're doing a fundamental disservice to young Americans, teaching them that all violence is equal. That's the problem I've always had with no tolerance policies mm. at school. A bully could be beating on you, this is what it was at Centennial High School, and you shove him off and you both get suspended. You yeah. both get the same sentence. You know, um, there's a film out there right now I was talking about with Boss Rutten this week called Ice Guardians, I think, on Netflix. And it talks about hockey enforcers. And we have some, some good family uh, friends who are enforcers in the NHL. So this is, this is something that's been going on. They've been trying to get rid of fighting in hockey for a long time. And uh, something they've realized, actually, there are more concussions. Only 5% of concussions in hockey came from the enforcers, right? Sidney Crosby now has had more concussions and more injuries. He's the best player in the NHL, for those who don't follow, in one season than Wayne Gretzky had his whole career. Why? Because of Semenko, because of Marty McSorley. Back then, he, he wouldn't be traded without Marty McSorley, who was an enforcer. Now, what was Marty McSorley's job? Just to be violent, pretty much. He was a good hockey player, but it was, you rough up Wayne Gretzky, he hurts you. Why? Because there were bad people on the ice, cheap players, often Swedes, as Don Cherry says, Swedes, cheapest players there are on the bench. They would cheap shot Wayne Gretzky because they'll take a five-minute penalty. They'll take a fine. What they won't take is a beating from Semenko or a beating from Marty McSorley. And the media, what they used to do, they did this with hockey. We, we follow this a whole a long time. You know, my dad's a big hockey guy, guy of course, in Canada. Um, they would show someone taking a cheap shot, like cross-checking or mm -hmm. elbowing a guy in the face, and go, look, we need to remove the violence in hockey. But those were never the enforcers. The people who did that were always the cowards. And you see more of them now because there's no, there's no retribution. There's no accountability. Sure. So in removing accountability, it, the, the, the point here is that guy elbowing, that guy cross-checking, that is an immoral person willing to commit an act of violence, and he's going to take the fine, he's going to take the five-minute penalty. The only way to stop that person, that person's immoral, evil, violent action, is with an equally virtuous violent action. Violence never solves problems. No, sometimes it does solve problems. The boy responsible for this shooting committed an act of evil, okay? An evil deed through a violent act. It is about the action and the intent behind the action. It's not just about the object. It's not just about uh, the upbringing. It is about his actions. Your actions define you. And in this case, the motive matters. That's why we have laws. That's why there's murder first degree. There's manslaughter, which sounds far worse, but it's actually far less. Weird. We blame the gun. We blame mental health. We don't want to blame our moral shortcomings. We don't want to examine evil. And the truth is, there can be virtuous violence, and there can, just as surely, there can be peaceable evil. Violence was used to liberate us as a country and to liberate others from slavery. Let me ask you this. When we're talking about violence, do you really thought about evil, good, evil, good, violence, peace? What's more virtuous? Violent liberation of slaves or peacefully submitting to enslavement? Violent protection of your women and children or peaceful surrender of them to evil men? I think a lot of people, they're pointing to the proactive evil violence and they blame the utility because it allows us all to avoid our passive acts of evil every day. Particularly in, particularly in the media. You commit media, particularly the entertainment industry, we know this, very, very peaceful, very peaceably you commit acts of evil when you don't blow the whistle on systemic sexual assault or pedophilia. You commit evil when you look away when a man is abusing his wife, as happens rampantly in Hollywood. Some of you commit evil when you look away when some other man is abusing your wife, like every single man who knew it was happening with Harvey Weinstein. You commit evil very peaceably every day when you turn away from someone being hurt. We all do it or from someone in need, but it's an evil that only you know. Because you're evil, the evil is in you, it's in me. We're, we all have evil in us. This goes back to the fundamental question that Dennis Prager talks about. You're evil, I'm evil, it is in us, but truly evil people, 
Everyone has evil in them, but evil people, people who allow it to overtake them, will do anything to avoid looking in that mirror. They want to believe that they're essentially good. That's the big irony. Evil people believe they're essentially good. Generally speaking, good people acknowledge that they could become evil people. Bad people essentially believe they're good even though their actions speak otherwise. So what do they do? They blame the tool. Don't want to look in the mirror. Don't show me the mirror. It's the AR-15. It's, AR it's the bump stock. It's the Second Amendment. It can't be me. You know, I read again, I read again recently um, when we were doing some research. I think it was Sean Penn. And he talked about destroying all of his guns. One of his girlfriends, I think, maybe took him and turned him into some art piece. And he said, it was, I realized it was time to, to destroy all these cowardly killing machines. Really? Cowardly? Guns have souls now, Sean Penn? Maybe you're a coward. Really, Sean? What about a woman home alone and a rapist breaks in? Is she cowardly to want to protect herself? These are the talking points. Oh, man, man with a gun, little dick. What about a woman protecting herself from rape? Man trying to get in. Coward? Uh, get an alarm system. Doesn't have the money for it. Now he's in the house. Get a dog. She's allergic. He's up the stairs. Because you're an evil prick, she can't have a cowardly killing machine to stop from being forcibly raped. A lot of people are blaming the AR-15. As we know, many of them have never touched one. A lot of these people blame the no, AR-15. They're not afraid of it. It's not not necessarily afraid of the AR-15. That's something to a lot of conservatives. Say, oh, afraid. No, they're not afraid of it. They're afraid of evil. They're probably afraid of themselves a little bit. They should be. What would they do with an AR-15? How would they wield that power? Most people aren't afraid of being powerless. I don't know where this quote comes from. I think it was, I don't know who said it, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be quoted as misquoting somebody I, else. You can say I said it. But yeah, exactly. I'll just say I'll attribute to Nike Jin. Most people are not afraid of being powerless. They're afraid of being granted power. They're afraid of being more powerful than they realize. That's why most people willingly give up I mean, power every yes. day. People willingly give up their power every day to their employer, to their government. Just, just I, give me my nine to five. I'll take security over freedom. Just take the taxes and take care of my retirement. I don't have to make my own decisions. They give over power all the time. So what would these people, what would many Americans who've never touched one, what would they do with a killing machine? Would they save lives? Like Stephen Williford? Would they take them? That's the ultimate question that we're asking here. That's where people line up on this issue. That's what determines how you answer this fundamental question. Because throughout history, humans have virtuously and violently both saved lives. And throughout history, we've peaceably, passively signed death warrants for millions of innocent people. Peacefully, mind you. This conversation isn't about bump stock. It's not about AR-15. It's not about Zoloft. It's not about the potential of what an AR-15 could do. It's not about the potential of what modifications someone could make to a gun. It's about the potential of evil in every single human being and how to safeguard against it. And that's what it comes down to. Do you believe, like we talked, the, the hockey enforcer analogy to bring it back around, do you believe that human beings inherently have an evil strain in them? Not all people are evil. Not all people are good. Most people have some of both. Do you believe that? Is that reasonable? Can we find common ground? Do you believe that most people have some of both in them, that yin and yang, good and evil? And do you believe that that evil can warp and grow out of control? Do you believe every single human being is capable of evil? How do we safeguard against it? Do you believe that the only way to safeguard against people who are willing to cheap shot, who are willing to commit massive acts of violent evil, are other people willing to commit acts of virtuous violence? Or do you want to be the person who just peaceably surrenders your rights, who peaceably commits a, an act of passive evil by looking away. That's a decision you have to make. That's what this conversation is really about. Think about it. Talk to you next week. It only takes